Hi, welcome to our 11th episode. I'm your host, Armin Prasher, and you're once again listening to Literal Talks. As always, I wanted to say and extend, again, a heartful thank you. And I just wanted to, you know... Again, I'm repeating myself, but I just wanted to say that I'm so grateful for the support that you guys, the listeners, have shown through our short journey together so far. And it's because of the support and because of your help and love that I'm able to consistently and constantly make these episodes. And I just wanted to take just a few seconds to, you know, shout you guys out and just just again, just take some time out before we begin today's episode to express my gratitude towards you guys, new and regular listeners alike. Anyways, looking forward in terms of the agenda that we've planned for today, as you know, we are going to draw our focus into the reviewing of the novel that we've been studying for the past couple weeks, Scythe. And this will be obviously our third review uh, episode in the timeline of the podcast so far. Also, before we get into that though, guys, I just wanted to quickly remind you that this podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts. And you do have the option to leave a review and a rating for the podcast on that uh, platform. And if you do, it actually really immensely helps me and the podcast out as more people get to know about the show and it rises on the recommendation lists. And that will just be really positive and helpful for the growth and the progression of the podcast going forward. Anyways, that aside, I just wanted to quickly remind you guys of that. Let's kick off our final episode revolving around Scythe with a quick reminder of the rating and grading categories as well as well as a quick summary of the book to transition into our larger and main focus for today, the, re- the reviewing segment for Scythe. So, without any further ado, let's end our discussions on Scythe with a bang and on a real high note in this final episode. Let's begin. So, to begin this episode here today, guys, let's just quickly review and, you know, refresh ourselves about our grading process. And let's just quickly, you know, remind ourselves about the grading elements that I will be using today. So, as we've previously done and covered in past review and rating episodes, today I will be basing my opinions and my scores off of four separate and different categories. And these four categories are representative of the four different elements that I think and feel make or break a piece of literature. Now, these four categories are, firstly, plot. Now, this obviously will cover and focus on things like the plot line and the plot progression and development of the novel. And moving on from plot, we go to tone. And this element will focus more on the voice and the connectivity of the novel. And thirdly, we will focus on the characters and the character writing in the novel. And in this section, we will cover things such as character viability, character depth, and, you know, just character connectiveness that a reader would feel while reading the dialogue that has been written for that character. And lastly, we will talk about the overall and lasting impact of the book. And, you know, this will also include uh, the subtopic and the secondary element sort of a bit in the shadows of this impact, you know, 
larger uh, topic. And this sub-element will be the solidity and the relation and the viability of the message that this book is trying to, you know, export and portray in our world today. And yeah, those are the four categories and all these categories will be worth the same. And just to, you know, clear it up, their order does not influence their weight at all. And, you know, that point total, that point worth, I would say, for each category is five individual points. And this will obviously add up to, you know, four times five, 20 points in total. And yeah. Now that we have had a quick refresher and a quick reminder as to the benchmark and the reference that I will be using in this episode, we can actually get into the rest and the meaty chunk of our show today, starting with a very brief summary of the entire novel. Let's get started. Alright guys, so before we get into our main course and our main focal point for today, uh, let's start off by, you know, like I just said, by covering a quick summary of the entire duration of Scythe to, you know, just to give us a reminder and just set again, just another benchmark as to what we're really dealing with and then we will move and go from there. So, at the start of our novel, we are introduced to our two teenage leads that the book is focused on and the book revolves around, Citra and Rowan. Now, as the world is built and the scene is set as a post-mortality setting, we learn about the many uh, complications and differences in this world compared to our own. And, you know, as we're familiarized with uh, things and people and organizations like the Thunderhead, the Scythnum, and Scythes, among other things as well, and at the down, you know, at the dawn, I would say, you know, this is the sunrise and the rise of the novel, we see our two protagonists connect and meet for the first time as they're placed under a joint apprenticeship under Honorable Scythe Faraday. Now, as the book moves forward, they are trained in the art of killing, but also learn the importance of a pure heart and compassion. And these are the qualities that are actually put to test and are challenged as both of them are split and pulled apart midway through their apprenticeships and one goes to train with the well-poised and legendary Scythe Curie while the other is forcefully made to forget themselves as they are lost in the midst and the war between the righteous and the fair values that they learnt under Faraday and the barbarianism and savagery that this main character is coming to enjoy under learning and training under Goddard, Scythe Goddard, who is our third main Scythe that we're introduced to in this novel. Now, as the novel progresses, our protagonists continue to go and continue to walk on their diverging paths. But as we near the climax of the novel and our highest point, we see their roads uh, conjoin once again as they face off in a thoughtful, intricate, and innovative climax as by the time that this scene finishes, the lives of both of them are changed forever as one disappears into the shadows and the other is placed in the spotlight of the Scythum. But the bond and the love between the two remains and grows, and the bond remains as strong as ever. And yeah, 
That is just a very diluted and very, very down, dialed down version of the complicated and roller coaster book that is Scythe. And, you know, I feel that for our purposes here today, though, uh, this brief summary of Scythe will give you uh, a strong benchmark and will act and, you know, actually serve, I would say, as a useful reminder of what the book mainly revolved around and what the major focal points of the novel were. And, you know, we can keep that in the back of our minds as we enter into our main points of discussion for today. And speaking of those, let's begin our reviewing section of this episode first with the discussion of the plot of this novel. Let's get started. Alright guys, so as we enter our reviewing section of this episode, we turn our eyes towards our major focal points in this show and in this reviewing episode today as we kick it off with my opinions on the first grading scheme that I will be using to rate this book, that being the element of plot. Now, like I said right at the beginning of the episode, this discussion on plot will mostly focus on my opinions about how the book goes about and how proficiently it expresses and writes its plot line, its plot development, and how strong is the general plot of the book and of course these opinions will then eventually at the end of the segment translate into my individual score out of five for this uh, segment of plot but i don't only want to focus on you know the plot development and you know the characteristics of the plot from this book in specific i also wanted to give you and share with you guys some of my opinions on you know plot and the importance of this element and how it goes how far it goes into writing a successful and a perfect novel so let's start off there with my general opinions on this element so i feel that plot is essentially the basic building structure of any novel and i feel this way because it is usually one of the most basic elements that is present in a novel it is one of the simplest it's one of the most generic and it is you know it's old but it's great uh you know, I feel that a plot, if I was to put it in, you know, metaphorical terms to the human anatomy, I feel that the plot would be the skeleton or the skeletal system of the book. And, you know, the meat or every other organ or system that goes around it would be, you know, things like the characters, the action, the drama, plot twists, etc. You know, everything else wraps around it. But the book is sustained and is supported basically at its core by its plotline. And I feel that it is extremely important to lay down a strong, solid foundation in terms of a plot that will help you, you know, build upon and place your latter elements upon it. And why I feel that, you know, why I discuss plot first in all of my reviewing episodes is because I feel that plot has an impact and it influences basically every other element. And I feel that that makes its importance even more paramount and crucial. 
Because I feel, you know, the reasoning for this is that I feel that the plot is an organization tool that is used in every book. And it is sort of like, you know, this one's kind of obvious, but it's sort of your map and your guiding, you know, like I said, tool to help you through the novel. And it marks the transitions from one scene to another. For example, a uh, a book with a solid, clear plot line in that book, you can clearly identify that, okay, I'm in the introduction, rising action's coming up, things are starting to pick up, bam, climax, I'm really enjoying this, alright, things come down, we're moving down to the falling action, book done, conclusion, done. That is what a good plot line gives you. It gives you clear transitions, clear changes in the scene and in the action through these different, uh, you know, parts, unique parts of this uh, general foundation that is the plot. And I feel that, you know, on the other hand, if you look at a book that has a weak plot line and a discrete plot line, I would say, in books like that, it sort of creates a feeling of choppiness and it jumbles together all the action and everything that is happening in the book. And, you know, it sort of creates that feeling of confusion and disconnection between the reader and whatever is going on in the novel at that given time frame. And because of that, because of that reasoning of the plot being that organization tool in the book, I feel that because of that, it has a great impact on every other element. For example, if the plot is weak and if it is, like I said, sort of lost and unclear throughout the duration of the novel, of course the tone will be disrupted as well as the book won't be able to maintain that connectivity and that ebb and flow. Similarly, for the characters, if the plot is unable to, you know, connect and assimilate the reader and bring the reader into the world of the book, the reader obviously won't connect and obviously won't feel any emotional recall or emotions in general for the characters. And that disconnection, like I said, between the book and the reader also extends to the characters in the novel. And that will really, uh, you know, disrupt and really dilute any major character arcs or character changes that come later in the novel. And finally, I feel that if the plot of a book is lost in the writing of the novel, the impact is one of the elements that is the most, I feel, highly or, you know, it's one of the elements that is the most impacted if the plot of the book is absent or very, very weakly written. And I feel this way because the impact is essentially controlled by the message and, you know, the relativeness of that message to our world situation today. And obviously, if the book doesn't have a basic structure and if it doesn't have that basic building block to go off of, that message will be lost. I, th- I feel that it will be one of the first things lost in that, you know, jumble and in that mess because the author doesn't really usually, like most of their messages are, sort of stated in an undercutting way, sort of making them even more effective rather than being stated in a very obvious and a very 
external manner to, you know, leave it up to the reader to absorb and connect with the message in any way they want. And because of that, because of that subtlety to the message, in Scythe especially, I feel that if this book had a weak plot line, the message and the impact of the novel would be the first thing that would be lost. Now, moving on, obviously this general foundation, I would say, of plot can obviously be divided into three different parts within this uh, big whole, and those are obviously the introduction, the climax, and the conclusion. And I feel that each one of these three holds equal importance and is at equal weight as the other two, and they all contribute together to make the plot either good or disappointing. Now, if we move on to, you know, specifics for this book and started off with the introduction of the novel, I feel that this book has composed a very, very strong, um, you know, a very, very strong introduction and a very good segue into the novel. And I feel that there's something, as you read the book, I feel that you will get the sensation that there is a familiar yet progressive bass tone in the novel and you know even though its introduction is pretty basic it really doesn't have any weaknesses and i feel that that basicness and you know that like i said that basicness is what allows the book to have that good of a kickoff because the author doesn't try to do too much or doesn't try to bring too much into the introduction like I've previously talked about. The author focuses more on the bigger things and the things that will have more of an impact as you get into the, uh, you know, as the book moves to the later sections of the novel rather than, you know, clearing up every single nitpick in this world that he has created and he leaves a lot of gray area and I feel that that really works in his favor in this introduction because it keeps its length short and sweet making sure that the reader doesn't get bored in you know these lesser action scenes in this entire novel but this focus on bigger things also allows Neil Shusterman to draw all of his attention to the you know the paramount uh, writing or introducing uh, introductory things that he has to do in the segment, such as, you know, introducing and I would say sustaining the characters in this early phases of the book and just, you know, setting the scene and familiarizing the audience with his, you know, environment and setting that he has created for this book, obviously. And I feel that, like I've said previously in my episodes for Scythe, I feel that this focus on the bigger things and not really zeroing in on the little things really allows him to write the introduction to its best. And I feel that because of this, the introduction covers every single criteria of you know what you would want in a good, solid beginning of the book. And because of that fact, I personally feel that there are really no weaknesses at all in the introduction of this novel. Now, if you move to uh, the second, you know, part in this plotline is obviously the climax. And I feel that in terms of this book, the climax is very interesting and intricate because like I discussed previously once you get into that second half of the novel I feel that there are two main scenes that really draw you in and that really are I feel the peaks 
of the novel. And like I said previously in the last episode, for two different reasons. One of them is your, you know, generic action-filled, action-packed, high-octane, dramatic scene. Well, the other one connects back to the beginning of the book and draws, you know, more focus into the deeper feelings of the reader rather than just action, drama, fear, adrenaline. It actually goes deeper and sort of talks about love, talks about sympathy, empathy, emotional recall is what happens in that scene. And because of that, I feel that The book creates a really, really strong and stark discrepancy between those two scenes. And I personally feel that either one of those scenes could be very, very convincingly argued to be the actual climax of the novel. And that is something that I feel this book, again, has going in its favor because it has two really, really high octane and peaking scenes in its second half that give, you know, the readers everything they would want. You know, if some readers are more inclined towards that action pact and, you know, sort of that, like I said, that action in the book and that drama and that actual high octane and high stakes scene, they have that as well. But if there are other readers who are more, you know, attracted and drawn to those deeper scenes, to those scenes that really hit you and pull at your heartstrings, that is also given and present in this novel, making the climax of this book, again, very, very special because of the fact that there is something for everyone in this second half of the book, which can be seen in these two peaking scenes of the book. Now, if we move to the last part of this structure, of this building block for the novel, you obviously have the conclusion. And I feel that not only in Scythe, but in the first books of series in general, I feel that the conclusion is a lot easier to write than it would be in a standalone novel. And I feel this way because you don't have to completely bring everything to a halt in the conclusion. You just have to leave it at a satisfying endpoint and make sure that that is a point where you can pick up and continue your novel in when, you know, you come back to write the second book and the second installation in that series. And I feel that because of that reasoning to not completely bring everything to a halt and because of that absence of, you know, that pressure to finish the book within, you know, a good, a strong time frame so that the author doesn't think that the book is dragged on because of the fact that that pressure is absent from any author who's writing the book one in a series. I feel that that always brings out the best in conclusions as it gives the author to, you know, be more free. It gives them more freedom, more leeway into writing their conclusion. And I feel that that is what uh, Neil Shusterman does very, very well in this conclusion as well. He leaves it at a point where it is satisfying. It feels like a story has been completed, but he still leaves it at a point where you feel that, yes, it can still be picked up later in the you know, second book of the series. And I feel, once again, that is just another thing that he does brilliantly in this novel. And yeah, 
that is what I wanted to quickly say. We're sort of reaching that 15-minute time mark for this segment. I want to make sure that this episode doesn't run too long like our last one did. But, you know, those are just some points that I wanted to make. And those are, the, uh, you know, with those opinions and those things in mind, I give the plot a rating for Scythe out of five stars... Five out of five. I think you saw it coming. I feel that this book is near perfection. It I will discuss in the coming two segments. There are some little nitpicks that I have about it, but it is, I feel, as close to perfection as any book has gotten for me in these recent years of reading. And yeah, I'll leave it there. A very, very solid start, as you can see, for Scythe in our reviewing episode as it kicks it off with a 5 out of 5 in the very first segment. And with that, we go on and get into our second rating element for this episode and for our purposes here today, the tone and the ebb and flow of the book. Let's get into it. Alright guys, so moving on, we get into our second grading element for today, the tone and the ebb and flow resulting in the connectiveness of the novel. Now, just a heads up, like I said, this this is obviously our second one uh, for today, grading element, but I just wanted to give you a heads up that this will probably be our shortest discussion today. Because I just feel that there isn't much to say about the tone and, you know, the connectiveness of the book. Because I feel much of it was already covered in our plot discussion. Since, like I said, the plot of this book is so, so strong that it gives the book that natural connectiveness. So I feel that that doesn't leave a lot for us to discuss about, you know, the tone of the novel, really. So this will be a significantly uh, shorter segment than uh, uh, our plot and the characters and the impact sections coming up. So just a heads up for that before we get into it. Now, anyways, to start it off, I feel that the tone of the novel is extremely important. It's the voice of the novel, in my opinion. It's what gives the novel its say. It's its voice, like I said. And I feel that that is one of its attributes of any piece of writing, any piece of literature, that makes the novel more appealing. Because I feel that tone is a very personal, personalized topic. Uh, there's a lot of debate. I mean, there can be a lot of debate as to uh, you know, tones and how much impact they have on the novel. I feel it is a bit less significant than our other discussions for today. But I still feel that tone is a very personalized topic since everyone prefers different types of books with different types of tones. For example, someone might like, you know, darker and desperate tones uh, while someone else might be more fond of positive and engaging and happy tones more in a novel. And I feel that for Scythe in particular here, the tone really did appeal to me because even though it was mostly focused on, you know, like we said, a generally dark topic of killing, um, you know, it was more 
curious, I would say. The tone was presented more as a tone of learning. It was more of, you know, growth and progress and, you know, just learning from those around us. And that that is what happens in Scythe. You know, Rowan and Citra develop and learn new complications and compassion and the moral and ethical values that go into murdering and killing a person and how to still maintain your humanness through that act and i feel that the tone of you know learning and growth is really represented and is really representative of this journey and this apprenticeship that rowan and citra go on now, I also feel that the base tone of this novel is very, very solid, like I discussed previously. Uh, I feel, you know, that the base tone that is provided in the novel is, it's, it's, I would say it's extremely connected and relevant as to the themes and the message that the author is trying to convey through the writing of this novel. And I feel that, you know, it is extremely important for there to be a connection between your base tone and that obviously by base tone, I mean the tone and the voice that the book has when there really isn't a lot going on, when the book is in sort of that neutral gear, that neutral state, that voice, that tone that the book has in that setting is its base tone for me. And I feel that it's extremely important for there to be a connection between that and the themes of the novel because I feel these two, along with, you know, characters and plot, are one of the only, some of the only elements and, you know, things in the book that stay constant throughout the novel. Others come and go as the action ebbs and flows, but I feel that the theme and the base tone are the only two that remain constant as you go on reading the novel. And I feel that because of that, there needs to be a connection between the themes and this tone. Because I feel that the tone is really the voice that is sort of reading out loud this message and this writing that is the actual theme of the novel. So you can imagine if there is that disconnection between these two, the book sort of reaches that contradictory phase where you aren't sure what the theme is anymore because of this discrepancy and because of this divergence between um, the tone of the book and the main themes of the novel. Now, so the last point I wanted to make in this segment, like I said, it was going to be super, super short, was that I feel that this book does an admirable job in maintaining that base tone. It is constant, it's consistent throughout the book. And like I said for, you know, Inferno and Origin, this base tone, this strength of having a strong, a solid base tone gives the book the freedom to really accelerate or slow down to the different spectrums of the voice that the book wants for example in a high octane scene uh like one of our protagonists is involved in in the second half one of our two alleged climaxes i would say in that scene you know the tone is being taken to that next level as it is aggressive it is almost hostile it is action-packed high octane high stakes and in other situations you know in for example 
writing of tragic scenes, the tone can be brought down to sorrow, to despair, to sadness. And I feel that, you know, this change in tone is what really makes the book flow sort of as waves of one ocean. And I feel that even though, you know, these changes are important to make the book interested and keep the ball, uh, the reader engaged and the ball rolling, I feel that it is still very important for the book to still return to its normal base tone to give the reader something familiar and provide the reader with something familiar once they've just been through this re- uh, really action-packed and this really in- high-intensity scene, whether it is in that decreased and those darker tones or in the uplifting and more aggressive tones. And I feel that once again, the book does a very good job of this in its writing since like I said, the base tone of, you know, learning of the realization that there is a dystopian world within all of us. And, you know, sort of that mixture of utopia, that realization, I feel, is a, a contributing factor to the base uh, tone of this novel. And that uh, base tone, like I said, can be raised and is raised or brought down in, you know, relation and sort of in, like I said, yeah, relation, the best word I can use there, uh, as to what is going on in the novel at that specific time frame, time interval, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, I'll leave it there. I would say this book doesn't really have anything special about it in terms of its tone. I know I said that it has a strong base tone, but for me, that is just an average requirement that every book needs to meet. uh, meet. I don't think it does anything overly exciting, innovative, or new in terms of its tone. And even though the ebb and flow of the book is really good, I just feel that there's nothing new brought to the table, and there isn't a lot of interest and uh, I feel Neil Shusterman doesn't go above and beyond in the writing of his tone and you know in the segment of maintaining that tone so because of that reason because of the fact that this is more on the average spectrum and the average side of the spectrum I will give the tone of this book a rating of three out of five stars and very very average rating i didn't really have a lot of opinions on this uh tone piece of the book it is decent it isn't overly great it isn't underwhelmingly bad um so yeah i'll leave it there a very average element for this book and yeah three out of five i feel i'm like i'm fair there and with that that will wrap up our discussions on the tone of the novel and we will move to our third and our second last segment and discussion point and element that we will be focusing on in this episode and that is obviously the characters of the novel let's go all right guys so as we get into our third and obviously, second last grading eggment and segment element. There we go. And segment, sort of combine those words. Uh, we start to look at the characters in the novel and the importance they played in taking Scythe to the next level. 
Now, obviously, like I said at the beginning, you know, as we did for our first two elements as well, this uh, discussion will, you know, sort of focus on the character writing of the novel, the character depth, and the character connectivity between, or, you know, mostly that I felt with the characters as I read the book. But obviously, like we did with tone and plot as well, we will start off with my general opinion as to what characters and character writing brings to the table for a novel and move from there as I will give you my personal opinions on the characters and what they did for Scythe in its quest to become a perfect read. So to start it off, I feel that characters, like I've said many, many times before, are the true ambassadors and representatives of the book and many times after you've put the book down you might not actually remember what happens in the novel particularly but you will always always remember a good character you will always keep that character in the back of your mind and when they're mentioned you will have a a withdrawal and a recall as to the fun and the impact that character had on you while you were reading the novel. And I feel that that is very, very representative and it's very, very true. And it's something that I've noticed in, you know, my daily life as whenever I ask friends or family about if they've read a book and, you know, what they thought about it and their opinions about it. And many of them haven't read it in a very, very long time. And instead they remember the book and they, you know, connect and they, I feel recognized, I feel that's a better word, recognize the book through the characters in the novel. And they always ask me that, oh, for example, if I ask, you know, one of my friends about Inferno or Origin, I would always, you know, ask them, hey, you've read this book. What do you think about it? They would always ask me back. That's the book with Robert Langdon, right? There you go. Characters, always the best representatives and ambassadors for the books. And I feel that characters are the message and the themes of the book put into and, you know, represented through a person and through, you know, a human being to sort of help us connect with the message more and help the message have a greater of an impact on the reader as well. And because of that, I feel that characters are extremely, extremely important in the ebb and flow, in the connectivity, in the remembrance, and in the impact of the novel. And if you notice, like I said, for plot as well, I feel that plot, like I said, connects and influences all other elements. Well, I feel that it is similar for the characters as well. If a character isn't strong, and if the characters in a book are disconnected and weak from the rest of the you know the novel and the rest of the other elements that we discussed today, the book will come out to be a jumble and a, just a mess of words. And because of that, I feel that characters hold a similar impact and a similar importance in the scheme of, you know, writing a novel. And here I also wanted to mention that I feel that, you know, not just characters and plot, I feel that every element 
that goes into making a book a good read is interconnected and interdependent and all of them rely on each other to provide support for them to you know grow and uh, prosper and i feel that you know if your book has that transition and has that flow to its writing and to uh, the you know the reader when when they read it it just makes the book feel a lot more comfortable i would say and a lot more connected which makes you know the interdependence and the interconnectivity of these themes much more you know visible and uh, crucial in the writing of a strong a solid novel now anyways i just wanted to quickly mention that but getting back into you know our characters for scythe i feel that you know like i've said previously in my first episode for scythe as well i feel that especially the main characters i would say in the novel citra and rowan they had a lot of opportunity and a lot of prospect to grow and to change and develop as people and as characters as the novel progressed since all of their you know journey and arc throughout the novel was about and was focused on the importance and you know on the act of learning and gaining new appreciation for life and learning the importance of being morally and ethically correct in your life even if it if even if it is an immortal one and i feel that because you know as they went through they experienced these changes their minds and their there there was this mindset change in them about you know the act of killing and about sites themselves i feel because of that the character arcs were automatically right from the start destined to be very very good and very great because of the fact that the characters will naturally be changing since because of the situation that the author has put them in right at the start of the novel and you know as i also previously said in my past episodes i'm sort of repeating myself here but i also feel that in terms of the side characters of the novel i think that most of them are written as gray characters and the reason for that is most of the side characters and most of the supporting cast that we do see in and throughout the novel are actually sites and like i said sites can either be you know argued both ways it can be argued to be some of them be negative or some of them be positive but i feel that sites are true representation of human society and you know what happens with humans in power there are negatives there are also very very stark and clear positives and i feel that sites are a great mixture of that as each of their actions can be justified for you know the better of humanity but then you also question those actions as to all right they're going to do the better for humanity but what are they doing for that one person what is the consequence of those actions for the small guy instead of the big guy that is all of humanity and all of human society and i feel that because of that argument it can be made that you know is one person's life worth less than if it's you know helping and progressing uh the overall society or should 
an individual be obeyed the same and be considered at the same importance as an entire civilization or as an entire organization is. And I feel that sites in particular are great representations and great embodiments of that. And because of that, I feel, you know, because of this setting and the mood that uh, Neil Shusterman has created throughout the novel, I feel that sites can be argued both ways as to be good or bad, positive or negative. They can be argued to be at either ends of the spectrum, but I personally feel that they are true embodiments of what human beings are. Negatives filled with positives and for me, that makes them right in the middle of the spectrum. But in terms of our novel, it gives them a gray sort of area in terms as to where their loyalties and where they stand in terms of their worldviews and mindsets. And yeah, I just want to say that quickly for our side characters as well. But generally, I feel that Scythe has strong character writing and it has very, very... I would say distinct and very solid character connectiveness because you feel for that character, that character draws emotions from you as you read about them. And I feel that that is one of the greatest strengths of the novel going forward as you truly feel that that character is connected to you and you truly feel that you are friends or close relatives with that character because of how much you feel for them, how much emotion uh, i feel is present within you when you read anything positive or negative happening and transpiring to that character which i feel makes the character writing in the novel very very solid now i feel that another interesting argument that could be brought up and i feel sometimes i consider as well when reading books with two protagonists is that you know are both of them being utilized and are both of them you know being written to lesser than their actual potential and that is because obviously the author has to focus equal you know attention and equal writing time to both of the characters to make sure that they both you know actually are portrayed as main characters instead of you know one being more of a focus while the other one is just considered as a crucial and as a main side character i feel that because of that you know balancing act of the author having to give equal attention to the writing of two protagonists in scythe i first felt that when i started the book that i would be a bit disappointed by the main characters in the novel because of the fact that you know the author hasn't been able to focus on both of them to that much of a depth and too much to that much of an i would say extent as he would have been able to do if he had one protagonist but on this platform i'm happy to say that i was completely wrong about that because i feel that there's a lot of positives to having two protagonists and one of the main ones for me is you know that fact that, you know, it gives you different perspectives, different opinions as you go through the novel. You get two different worldviews, two different, you know, perspectives as you try to navigate this uh, giant different world that uh, that you're not really a part of. And I feel that that difference and that divergence in opinions is what makes this book so interesting since, you know, 
even though uh, the characters uh, Rowan and Sicha they have similar and they share opinions on many things that discrepancy and that disconnect that is created when they are at clashes and they are at crossroads in terms of their opinions about a certain activity or a certain action that is happening in the book right now that makes the book that much more enticing that much more interesting to read as that you know then sparks up an internal debate for yourself as well as to you know which character you connect with them more and which character you think is more right while the other one is wrong and i feel that that debate is a very very interesting part of any book when it has two protagonists and yeah i just wanted to mention that very very quickly as we look to finish up this third element third segment for our purposes here today and to finish it up Let's get into the rating of the characters of the novel, and I give it a rating of 4 out of 5 stars. Again, you might think that I said everything positive about, uh, you know, characters, why, why don't I give it another 5 out of 5, like I did to plot. I personally feel that it's very hard to write the perfect characters, and it's extremely hard to be very very proficient in your character writing and i think you know even though neil shusterman's characters are great i i feel that there is some unexplainable element or something uh you know unjustifiable part of me that just doesn't see them at the caliber of you know five out of five characters like for example dan brown's war i feel that he is a great uh, character writer as he, each of his characters has layers upon layers upon layers meanwhile i feel that you know just something i can't explain just sort of an inner voice for me said that scythe doesn't have uh, those perfect characters don't get me wrong like i said it has a very very solid extremely strong character writing i personally just don't think it is to the perfect standard that is set by Dan Brown and other character writers and authors that I have read. And yeah, I'll leave it there. Four out of five, still a very, very good rating for Scythe as we look to get into our last grading element for this episode, the impact, the message, the themes, and the relevance of those themes in connected, you know, in terms of our world situation today. That is our last grading segment for today. Let's get into it as we finish up and round off our character discussion with a 4 out of 5 star point rating, whatever you want to call it. Let's get into our last discussion point for today. Alright guys, so as we get into the last rating, or grading element rather, of this novel... And of this section today that I will be using to, uh, you know, finish up and round off my ratings of Scythe, we go on to discussing the overall and lasting impact of the novel. Now, as in previous episodes, this, uh, you know, segment will be a bit shorter than the others since it really only has, you know, one 
point of discussion that is you know the impact the message etc meanwhile obviously others had you know plot had three characters had a couple everyone else you know they, they there were deeper possible discussions there meanwhile in this it is i feel more straightforward and a bit less opinionated than the other segments so anyways with that in the back of mind we kick off this last rating segment for our purposes here today. So to start off this last, you know, discussion point here, I want to say that, you know, like I've said previously, the impact of a novel is the last statement. It is, you know, the ending point in the novel that after that point, you know, the impact that it has on the world, the changes that it brings about, not only, you know, physically, but also mentally, emotionally. And, you know, if a book manages to give spark and light that match that burns into a flame of a new thought process, I feel that that book has done very, very successfully in its impact and the, you know, the relatability and the effectiveness of its message has been used to its fullest. And I feel that the impact of a novel eventually determines if that novel is going to be good, great, or forgotten. I feel that, you know, even though, even if you have, you know, great plotline, solid characters, brilliant tone maintained, if your book doesn't have that ability to make an impact, make a change, even if it is, you know, only in the reader, not in the whole wild world, even if it has the capability of making that change, like I said, sparking that new thought, your book has done its job. But like I said, even if your book does have, you know, solid, perfect, you know, great ratings and great elements and it covers all the boxes in all the other elements that we discussed today if it fails to make an impact with its lasting message your book no matter how good it is will eventually be forgotten if you look at books that you know have made it and are still very famously remembered in our world today all of them, in some way, one way or another, had an impact on our thought process, on our societies, on our world as a whole. And that is why I feel if you want to create, if you want to write a book that will be remembered many, many years after you have published it, the impact is what controls the I would say the consistency and the longevity that your book is present in the world before it disappears, you know, as everything does. And yeah, that's just something that I very, very quickly generally wanted to say. And now if you look at the impact of Scythe in particular, I would say that it has a solid impact. It has a solid, solid message, which makes it an even greater book. It takes it to that next level. And the reason I feel this way is because if you first, you know, the first glance that you have at Scythe and the first look that you take to Scythe, you might feel that, you know, this is a generic 
plot line. It's a generic novel just predicting what our future could look like without really bringing anything new to the table, you know, same immortality, overpopulation, you know, sort of going along those same lines that Inferno was going along and many other books have gone along in, you know, my previous years of reading as well. But what I think that this book does so well that magnifies and, you know, I feel, yeah, like I said, magnifies and changes and expands the magnitude that this impact and the message of the book uh, could have in uh, later years is the fact that it raises the question. And I feel that it once again starts the discussion is a, a perfect world even possible? That, that question right there, those words right there, for me, take the impact of this novel to the uh, next level. Because most of, you know, at least personally, most of the futuristic books that I have read that, you know, predict or make predictions about our future either end in a very clear negative or positive setting. It's either, okay, we are coming up to a utopian future where everything works out perfectly, or, oh no, it's the purge, artificial intelligence is going to take over, robotic uprising, whatever, whatever. Eventually, we're going to turn into a dystopian environment and a dystopian species. Humanity is going off of a cliff. Those are basically the two extremes of, you know, the futuristic novels that I have read. Those are the ending points and the end statements that those novels make. But with Scythe, what Neil Shusterman has once again exceeded in doing in yet another element is bringing something new to the table and creating that dystopian setting within an exterior of utopia, much like our, you know, certain aspects of our, our world are right now. And, you know, by doing this, by creating this world and by creating this environment, he has, you know, asked and sparked that question that is a perfect world even possible is that you know speaking uh in you know if you look at the world that he has created like i said it is exteriorly and you know outwardly very very utopian all all human displeasures have been removed you know all external factors causing human misery have been taken out but then the dystopian part of the world comes into play as the dystopian, the negative feelings, the emotions, the negative qualities of greed, of selfishness are still there in, you know, human beings that are part of this so-called perfect post-mortality world. I feel that he once again successfully, indirectly raises this question of if humans don't change, if we don't change our petty behavior, if we don't change our world filled with selfish motives, ulterior motives, are we the obstacle that is holding back the existence of a perfect world? And that right there is what I feel makes this book into one 
whose impact will be remembered many, many years after I'm making this podcast and many, many years after that book was published. And yeah, I just wanted to very quickly say that I feel that this book book has done an exceedingly well job in rounding off and in creating that meaning to its message and bringing that outwards into the impactfulness that it has on its readers and on our mindsets and the realization that it gives you overall as a result. And now, keeping that in mind, guys, we get into my rating, final rating of the impact of Scythe out of five. It is five out of five. Another five out of five for Scythe. This book is as close to perfect that I've gotten of a read in recent years. I'm going to say that right now. It is a brilliantly written book, and I feel that the impact of the novel is just another factor where Neil Shusterman has exceeded all expectations in the writing of his book. And yeah, that is it for the impact segment Another exceedingly well done, another successful segment and element, rather, for Scythe in our episode today. And you know what this means. We have now covered every single element, all four that were on our list today. And we can go to our final rating of Scythe out of 20 coming up in our next segment. So stick around for that. And yeah, guys, with the coverage of our final impact section and our final element done and all the ratings in, we can finally finish off this episode with the rating, the final rating out of 20 for Scythe. And if you've already done the math, It is 17 out of 20 points, above average in almost every category, in almost every sense of the word, except that one tone piece, and losing that one mark in that character segment as well. Overall though, it is a fantastic read, with some great themes and just a brilliant message that is portrayed through its characters and has just a very solid like uh we covered plot line does sort of only sustain and only stay in the average sort of area for the tone of the novel but it is overall a very strong a very interesting fascinating read and i would definitely recommend it for everyone that is listening to this podcast as it is one of i would say the best books that i have read in the recent times and with that yeah that about wraps up this episode and everything on the agenda for today that will be a wrap for today as we get set and get ready to begin another new novel on our coverage on Literal Talks. Of course, that will be a Thunderhead coming up next week, so be sure to stay tuned for that. As always, if you did go on to enjoy what you heard here today, please share the podcast and spread the word about it, as it would really, really help me out and the podcast grow on recommendation lists and 
just the audience total of the podcast would grow as well and that would just be very very appreciated and you know my heart will be filled with gratitude for you to do that and yeah i'll leave it there another solid book covered and a great farewell for this brilliant book that is scythe with that said i'm your host armin pressure you just heard literal talks and i'll see you guys in the next one the thunderhead coverage begins next week bye bye